Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Spear. Welcome everyone to another episode on a Daily Creed podcast show. And today we have Vanessa Waddleman, and she is a sought-after author, coach, and leadership expert. She has been developing leaders across the globe for over two decades and is noted as an expert in, the, in her industry. She is a published author, contributor to CKNW Radio, and a guest lecturer in the MBA program at Ted Rogers School of Management. Whether facilitating, training, or coaching, Vanessa has achieved successful change outcomes with organizations such as HelloFresh, Star Media, Four Seasons Hotels, Campbell Soup, Food Banks of Canada, Motorola, and the United Nations and CIBC. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Great to be here, JR. Yeah, absolutely. So the big question that I always like to ask everyone when we start is, what are you doing to make an impact in today's world? Well, good question. Great place to start. So I develop leaders who achieve great results. So I'm a leadership consultant and coach. I've been developing leaders for well over 20 years. I bring um, experience both as a consultant. So I've worked globally with leaders across the world, literally. And I've also been a leader myself. And so that was the best learning for me being in an organization, developing teams. As a leader myself, I had very interesting experiences because I had people that I reported to who love my leadership style. They're like, oh, you're such a terrific leader. And I had people that I clashed with. I didn't like my leadership style at all. I had teams that I built that were very high performing. And I had teams that I was responsible for that I inherited that were not high performing. And so I really understand the ins and outs of what it takes to be a leader. And it's it's not always easy. It can be incredibly rewarding and it's not always easy. Yeah. Leadership is one of those things that people struggle with the most. And I I have a mentor of mine and he is actually a, a doctor in leadership entrepreneurship. And one thing he he tells me is like leaders, your the success of your business is going to be based off your leadership, but also the failures of your business is going to be based off your leadership. And all boils down to leadership. Now, it, you may have a different take on it, but that when he told me that, it really boiled down to me as a leader in my organizations that I that I run is like, oh man, how am I leading the people in my community? And you know, I, I listened to a podcast recently. Actually, it was a book. That an audible that I listened to, I forget the name of it, but it was while I was driving to St. Louis for my event a couple of weeks ago. And it said like the best leaders are the ones that know how to inspire. So not necessarily emoting, but how do you inspire others to be able to move and to achieve whatever that may be? So that's something I got from there. I'd like to get a little bit of your take and what, what, what do you find as the biggest problem when it comes to the breaking point of like why people are failing as leaders? Like, what's the biggest? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, mostly because leaders are never taught how to lead. So what happens, whether you're uh, in an organization, whether you're an entrepreneur, let's say you're you're in an organization, what typically happens is you get promoted into a leadership role because you're good at your job. So you're an engineer and then you get promoted into being the manager of engineers. So that's a completely different job. 
let's say you you leave corporate and you start your own business and your business is going really well and then you have to hire new people to join your business. Well, now your roles change. You're not an individual contributor anymore. Well, you're both an entrepreneur and a leader. And so most people are just never taught to lead. And I always, I always use the analogy of leadership as like a sport, right? Like you could learn how to play tennis. Let's say, let's say your sport is tennis, right? You could pick up a racket and you can go hit balls over the net. And you'll probably make a lot of mistakes and pick up bad habits. It's the same as leadership, right? You could kind of figure it out or, you know, trial and error. But what I do in my work is I accelerate leadership learning. I work with leaders to accelerate that learning and make sure that they have the tools in place to lead properly. And also when you know that you're leading properly, you feel more confident in your role as a leader. Yeah, I, a quote that I always tell people, and it's one that I came up with years ago, is confidence comes with clarity. So the more clear you are in your programs, offers, deliverables, your messaging, the more confident you're gonna be. And that boils down to leadership as well and, and learning how to lead. So when it comes to like people not really being taught on how to lead and you step in to help them accelerate that process, do you have like a framework or a process that you take people through, or is it always individualized for each company that you go into? Yeah, I do have a process. So I do one-on-one coaching with uh, CEOs, more at the executive level, senior leaders, uh, business owners. And I also do group training with people who are either new to management or people who've been managing, you know, five to 10 years. And regardless of whether I work one-on-one with clients or in groups, I do have a model and I call it the three pillars of leadership success. So pillar one, as a leader, you have to know yourself. You have to have self-awareness. You have to be able to manage your team and you need to be able to lead your business. So know yourself, manage your team and lead your business. That's your job as a leader. So what does know yourself mean? That means you understand what your leadership style is. You have to have really, I know you talk a lot about mindset, JR. You have to really have a growth mindset and be able to try things and learn from your mistakes. You have to be able to build and know how to build high trust relationships. The manager team pillar, well, you have to know how to coach people. You have to know how to develop your people, how to move them from developing to fully developed. You have to know how to build a high-performing team. And that's part of leadership, right? And then the third pillar around leading your business is, is how do you execute strategically? A lot of leaders say to me, Vanessa, I know I need to be strategic, but I don't know what that means. So I break strategy down into three components. You have to be able to lead change. I mean, especially after what we've all been through through the pandemic over the last couple of years and that rapid amount of change that isn't going away. So those are, yeah, those are the pillars that I think if you can, because leadership is very complex, it's so multifaceted. And that's why I created those three pillars. So when I work with leaders, they at least understand the different components of leadership. And then we can start looking at tools under each of those pillars. Yeah, I want to dive in a little bit to like knowing yourself because, you know, we, it's funny because learning to know yourself, it boils down to identity and purpose and everything like that too, right? So if you don't know who you are, as an individual and who you're helping and what and the problems that you're solving, you're going to have a really hard time trying to lead other people and where that path is. And, and uh, you know, at our entrepreneur summit that we just did in St. Louis, there was a theme about vision. And so we always talk about like vision and like, if you don't know where you're going, then you're not ultimately going to fail and not know how to get there and stuff, but knowing how to get your team aligned with that. But what, what are some of your steps that you do with someone saying, Hey, you know what? I am struggling with identity. I'm struggling with 
getting to know myself as a person and having that growth mindset, how do you get someone past some of those breakthroughs? What I love to do is use assessment tools. There's so many great assessment tools out there. For example, the DISC profile. I don't know if you're familiar with the DISC. So what I love about DISC is it measures your work style. It's how you show up at work. So are you dominant? Are you an influencer? Are you more steady or are you conscientious? And what I love about the DISC is it articulates the fact that everyone has strengths and weaknesses. There's even a page in the DISC profile which talks about things that motivate you as a leader and things that you find more stressful as a leader. In other words, you're human. There's things that you're going to do naturally, very naturally as a leader. And there's things that are going to be stressful for you. And so just understanding how to really focus on those things and leverage your strengths and and what they are, and then knowing how to mitigate your weaknesses. So for example, if you're somebody who's, who's dominant, you're very direct. Your strengths, when you overuse them, actually become your weaknesses. So if you know that you're a very direct person and you and you start building your team and you're bossing people around all the time, do this, do this, do that, do this, right? And you're not working collaboratively, your team is going to think, well, I don't want to work for this person because they're not collaborative. Um, I don't, don't want to really work for control freak. So you have to know that being direct is great because it's very transparent, But on the flip side, if you overuse that directness, then people are going to find you sometimes even disrespectful. You know, you disrespect them and they may find you as rude. So you have to really look at what you need to, what I call dial up or dial down to be the most effective version of yourself. Yeah. So when someone is struggling and uh, identifying like their their disc assessment, stuff like that, how do you walk them through and finding that strength? And and what, or actually, let me take a step back. When you're when you're figuring out the disc assessment and understanding where they're at personality wise and character and and all the things that it comes with is like and you're identifying the key habits, how are you helping them overcome different habits that need to be changed? Because we all got them. We all have different things that's that's honestly self-sabotaging of where we're going. And based off of their disc assessment, how are you what what is your strategy for helping them break those routines? Action planning. So step one is understand what your weaknesses are. Okay. Step two is really being clear on what you need to dial up or dial down to be more effective. So for example, if I'm somebody who is higher on the introversion scale, so extroverts, the definition, it's, I want to clarify actually the definition of introvert or extrovert because people think that extroverts are outgoing and introverts are quiet and that's not necessarily true. The definition is extroverts get their energy from other people. Introverts get their energy from themselves. You can have a very, very friendly. So if you're someone who's higher on the introversion scale and you like working alone, that's just your preference. But when you're a leader, you have to, to be the best version of yourself, you have to connect with your team. You have to learn how to collaborate with them. You have to, for example, speak up more in meetings than you would be inclined to do to share your perspective. So you have to understand uh, what the best version of yourself looks like as a leader. So that's what I craft with people in their action plan. What is the best version of yourself? What are the strengths that you feel like you really want to leverage as a leader? What are those weaknesses that you that you need to mitigate? And so, for example, the dial up and dial down part is about you know, Vanessa, I am really quiet in meetings and I do need to speak up more. So for the next month, that's what I'm going to focus on is 
dialing up my confidence and speaking more in meetings. So I, I like to get it there to the real practical level of what am I going to say or do that's different? Do you find this, this is an interesting, interesting question because I'm finding some stuff about me personally. Do you find that people change as they get older from being an introvert to an extrovert? Or is that kind of the same with them forever? I think I think we all evolve as we get older. Definitely. Some people get more introverted as they age and some people get more extroverted as they age. It depends on the person and it depends on your role. If you're in a leadership position, for example, that forces you to develop more extroversion, then you're going to feel more comfortable. For example, let's just use a, an example of, of um, presentations. You may be completely fearful of presenting and it's a new requirement of your job as a leader. So you have to work on that skill and develop that skill. And that's where the growth mindset comes into play, right? I don't know if you know Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. It's an excellent book for anyone listening. I highly, highly recommend you read that book because she talks about the concept of fixed and growth mindset, where fixed mindset, something set in stone, growth mindset, nothing set in stone. So in other words, if you have a fixed mindset, you say, oh, I'm just a terrible presenter. Forget about it. You're going to give up. But if you have a growth mindset. Well, nothing's set in stone. I'm choosing to become a better presenter and I'm going to work hard at it. So it's choice plus hard work. And that's why I like to give people tangible action plans and focus on them for a while. So I just, I just wrapped up a, um, a coaching initiative with a client. We worked together for three months. And I did a nice summary report of all her learning and I, I shared it with her boss. Um, and I said to her boss, you know, we spent three months on these things, but the journey's just begun because everything that we're focusing on developing, these skill sets take years to develop. I think it's really important for people to understand that. So I said to her, her leader, I said, I would love for you and your one-on-one -on -one meetings to continue to work with her and give her feedback on the goals that I've worked with her on the last three months, because they're likely going to be her development plan for the next two years. Yeah, that's really good. Which kind of takes me to the next point of your three pillars is like learning how to manage your team. And you talk about learning how to actually coach. Um, what, what are some strategies that you do when it comes to learning how to manage a team? So coaching is one of the most important parts of leadership all the way up, regardless when you become a new leader for the first time and when you're a CEO running a large business, you have to know how to coach. And there's actually two different kinds of coaching. There's formal coaching and informal coaching. So formal coaching are one-on-one -on -one meetings that you have with your team. They tend to be regular or they should be regular. So for example, I'll have a one-on-one -on -one every Monday morning from 9 to 9.20. Your formal coaching meetings need to have an agenda. So you need to consider what's my purpose for those formal meetings. For me, for example, it's looking at what's on your plate this week. What are your goals and what do you need to move your goals forward? And then any relevant information that I can share with you. That's literally 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, and, and it's a connection. I always like to have um, that connection part. How are you? How was your weekend? You know, it's just an opportunity to build some human connection time. So human connection time, how are you? How's your weekend? And then get into the goals and what you need to do to move them forward. So that would be an example of formal coaching. Um, informal coaching is, is how you develop and grow people day to day. 
And you can do informal coaching, for example, over a text just by asking a question. It's when you're walking down the hallway with someone and you say to them, um, you know, I noticed you did this and I'd like to give you some feedback. That coaching is happening literally all the time in an informal way too. So when people say, I don't have time to coach, I always say, of course you do, because you're coaching every minute of every, you have the potential to coach every minute of every day. Yeah, it's so important because you got, you have to, I mean, I, I, I don't, I mentioned earlier, it's like, okay, if you're only as strong as the leaders that you got and you got to know how to actually coach and inspire and get people to move. But you know, kind of talking about the formal and informal for that, I think a lot of people just miss that on knowing that, you know, as a leader, we have to make sure we're playing ahead too. Like you can't just show up and be like, okay, let's, let's just wing this type thing. But, you know, as a good leader, you got to make sure you, you are planning and that, that goes with everything and just making sure that you have that plan in place to know exactly what to do to be able to move forward. So let's move to your third pillar of like lead business and executing strategically. So you, you figure out on how to know yourself. The second part is like managing your team, but then now how to actually lead business. What do you do with mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So the first thing that I ask leaders to think about is prioritization and where you spend your time. Because as you become a leader, you need to spend time on different things. So the skills you develop need to be different. Where you spend your time needs to be different. So for example, if you're starting a new team or building a new team, you're going to focus your energy on recruitment. You're going to focus your energy on developing people. You're going to focus your energy on building a high-performing team. But once you have an established team, you can focus on different things and different activities. Um, as you your organization grows or you move up in an in a or in um an organization, become a more senior leader, again, where you spend your time is going to change. So a lot of leaders get stay stuck in the weeds as they move up in an organization or as their business grows, if they're an entrepreneur, they get stuck in the weeds. Yeah. And so one of the most important questions that I ask people to answer is what are you paid to do right now? Not what were you paid to do two years ago or a year ago, but in your current role, what are you paid to do? As a CEO, an entrepreneur running a business, you need you should know what you're paid to do. Once you can answer that question, then you can start identifying what your priorities every day are. Because if I have something on my to-do list that's not aligned with what I'm paid to do, as an I run, listen, I've been running my business for 11 years now. I'm very clear on what I'm paid to do. And I built a team and I'm very clear on what they're paid to do, right? So if I start getting into things that are misaligned with what I'm paid to do, I know, oh, that's a light bulb goes off. I need to delegate that. So it really helps in terms of being more strategic and how you spend your time and how you prioritize. Yeah, delegation is hard. I mean, gosh, I, I remember when I first got started doing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I built like six businesses in the past 16 years. And when I started doing this and, and the advertising stuff, it was, I, I I always had a mindset thinking like no one could do my job better than me. So why would I give that to someone else? And it, it was, it was hard. Like that first person to that, I started handing off different work to, to be able to do it. Things in my head start going, or things start going through my head be like, what are my clients going to think? Are they going to be mad that I'm not the one that's physically doing this part or helping them with whatever project that maybe needs to get done? And are they going to be able to execute the what I'm going to do? But the 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 thing that I had to learn how to come is like, okay, for me to be able to grow, I had to eliminate, I had to delegate, but then get to a point where I can eliminate me from that project so I can focus on 
the things that need to be, be to, to grow. And so I will tell you how, how refreshing it was once I delegated to the individuals for the specific task, then I would felt confident that things were getting done. It's like, oh, wait, they can't do a good job. And they're probably doing it better than what I was doing. And then that helped me focus on other things. But then once I did it once, then the delegation process became easier and easier. And then I'm like, shoot, I just want to delegate everything and just let me oversee and make sure it gets done and it makes it easier. So I totally, totally get where that's coming from. I want to go into like story time. And I don't, I don't do this often, but I would love for you to kind of dive into, and you don't have to use names of clients, but dive into like one of your best transformations for a client. Like talk a little bit about what that client does, where are they at when you started working with them and what you did to help them really transform and the type of success that they got. Oh boy, do I have a story for you. Haven't thought about this in a while. So I'm traveling. I'm in the airport in Miami and I get a phone call. It's the CEO, one of my clients. He says to me, Vanessa, I need you to coach one of my executives. We were just in a a conference together and he started screaming at me in front of people and he's got anger management issues and he has no emotional intelligence. And if you don't help him, I'm going to fire him. I was like, okay, okay. I see where this is going. All right. Send him to me. I want to talk with him. And the the first thing I wanted to see, Jared, when I, when I met this person, because I never met him before was, was he coachable? Yeah. Because usually people are coachable. Like usually they're open, but occasionally I'd say very rarely, but occasionally I've met someone and they're not interested. They're not interested in working with a coach. They really don't care. They're very ego driven. So set up a call with this client. I said, somebody here, there was like a little bit of yelling at this conference and what was going on and what was that like for you? And I tried to really understand with a very open mind, his perspective. And I heard his perspective and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Like, what do you think about your behavior? What were your thoughts on that? He goes, honestly, Vanessa, like I was mortified. After I thought about it and reflected, I was mortified. So I said, you know, I think I could help you. These are some goals if you wanted to work together that I could work with you on is really developing your executive presence and really um, thinking about what that looks like and developing your emotional intelligence. He hadn't even heard emotional intelligence before. Emotional intelligence is how my emotions impact me and the people around me, right? So he goes... Yeah, you know, for a while I've been thinking I need to do that. I just don't know how. And that's what I see with a lot of people, JR. They really want to change. They just don't know how. Mm. So I started working with him. We worked together for a whole year and he really developed and he, he improved and the CEO was really happy. And over the next five years, he was sort of on a contingency model where he could call me anytime. And I'd literally be driving home on the highway and this person would call and we debrief on something and I'd coach him on something. Five years later, when that CEO retired, this person replaced him and is now the CEO of the organization. Wow. That, that, that's powerful. No, that's an amazing story. And it's so funny how you, you're mentioning that emotional intelligence, because that is like the... I, I, I own two different businesses. I own Creek Consulting, which is a consulting business helping you know speakers, coaches, and authors with their business. But I also own Business Leaders Network, and it's a mastermind community with industry leaders. We help them with tools and strategies to grow, but also in networking. But I have a partner that I brought into my my business that we, we go with that. But that that emotional intelligence is going to be it, like we just started talking about it last week. And we we're like, hey, you know what? One of our core values that we are going to require. For anyone to be inside of our BLN community is they have to be emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent in what they do. Because 
that can make or break your entire community and organization and what you got when you bring people that don't have emotional intelligence or emotional maturity uh, for what we're saying. So that's so cool what you did. And when you, I'm assuming that you're able to help this individual find those breakthroughs to be able to overcome them because he became the CEO of the company. And what was the, what was the biggest thing that you had to help them overcome to be able to get them to that level of emotional intelligence? His anger. So he's a highly extroverted person and he believed that it was okay because he felt like he was being transparent. He's like, I just think it's really good to be transparent and people should know how I'm feeling. I, I just don't like those people who hide everything and, and I just find them insincere. And I said to him, there's a yes and. Being transparent really does build trust. And I think it's a terrific uh, uh, quality for a leader to have, transparency. And you're being disrespectful. So let's hold on to the transparency. Let's get rid of the disrespectful part. So we had to break down and actually to analyze his behavior and say, okay, what do you think was the disrespectful part in the way you commented? What, what was disrespectful? What do you think the other person's perception would be? And so it reminds me actually of a client of mine because very often people don't think about their behavior and how it impacts others. So I once had a client and every time we met, she'd be on the phone, she'd pick up calls. And so one time I said to her, I said, let's call her Sally. I said to her, Sally, what do you think the impact is on me when we're in a meeting and you pick up the phone? Her jaw dropped. She was like, what? What? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, you, you probably think I'm so rude. Oh my gosh, you think I'm rude. Am I, do you think I'm rude? So just asking somebody what do you think the impact on me is of that? Hmm. It allows them to, to look at it from another person's perspective. And that's very powerful. Yeah, no, that, that is so good. Cause a lot of times we're, we're trapped in our own head and our own space, our own world that we're not looking or being aware. I mean, in the military, we talked about having, being tactful in what you do. And so being, being aware and just understanding having that emotional intelligence is really, really crucial. So Love that story. Love the transformation you did. I'm sure you got hundreds more of transformations like that and, and and more, but that was such a cool story. All right. I'm going to bring you to the last question that I ask everyone when they come on our show is like, what is your creed? Meaning, what is the one thing that you are most committed to that you're going to be resilient even through the most difficult times, showing up every day, giving your best and having the mental and physical discipline to complete your mission? It really is around developing strong leaders because years ago I had an experience working in an organization where there was a new, I had a leader who I loved. I'd worked with her for five years and a, and a new leader came into the organization and essentially to make a long story short, she bullied me. And I never, I'd always worked with decent, good to decent leaders before that. I never had a leader that really was, was challenging to work with. And what happened is in that organization, I went from a high performer. And when this leader changed, like I was the kind of person who I got um, promotions all the time and I was doing very, very well and bonuses. I went from that high performing employee to being completely disengaged in four months because of the impact that this leader had on me. And eventually I had to leave the organization because of the way she treated me really was soul sucking. 
So while that experience was really challenging at the time, I'm glad I had it because it solidified my passion for developing leaders. Because in that experience, I realized that one person, your leader, can make or break your experience at work. And so that is my is to really develop. So I, I, I vowed in that moment, never again will someone else go through what I went through, at least under my watch. And so that's my passion, my creed, is to really give leaders the tools that they need to be the best version of their self at work. Yeah, so good. What is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? So, um, okay, so a couple of things I wanted to share. One is you can go to yourleadershipresources.com. And if you want some leadership resources and podcasts of mine that you can listen to, um, some blogs, I blog every week, go to yourleadershipresources.com to find some great leadership tools. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find my website. My company is called Mosaic People Development. So you can go Mosaic People Development or my website is mosaicpd.com. And I'd love for you to link in with me too, because I do post on LinkedIn um, a newsletter once a week as well all the practical tools to help you develop as a leader. So if that resonates, certainly link in with me too. Very cool. Well, I'll definitely be posting your links on in our show notes so people that can go back and tune in and click it and be able to find exactly how to get connected with you. But uh, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. We really appreciate the topics and knowledge that you were able to to give and uh, just uh, excited to be able to share your message with the world. So until next time, audience, super fun. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with J.R. online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at Fit Pro Funnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear.3. 